0: of spiritual practices, and an outward journey of missional engagement. Uh, that really talks a lot about why we went through spiritual formation and the spiritual disciplines through the summer. We're getting into Ephesians. This is going to get us into a uh, area where um, Ephesians, Paul lays out the theology of the church, uh, why we believe what we believe, and then what our responsibility is in that. So Uh, We're digging into this letter because Paul does a pretty good job of spelling some things out in this letter and what it is. And uh, as we grow spiritually, we're enabled to have a missional engagement as a focus. That's kind of the point of the whole thing. So, today we're going to look at the work of the Spirit in our lives. We're still in Ephesians chapter 1. Last week we went through uh, the first 15 verses. This week we're going to, or the first 14 verses. This week we're going to pick up the rest. Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 15. And um, if you would like today, you can get on the uh, church's app and all the notes will be there. You can find that, track that down there. And, um, It will also be on the screen for you. So Ephesians chapter one, starting with verse 15. Let's go through this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And in... In every way, there's a lot there to unpack, and um, Sunday morning is is not the time for us to we can't have a dialogue. So I, I can't dig too deep into every single thing. But man, if I can encourage you, go through Ephesians, do a verse by verse study. What we're doing is hitting the the high points. We could spend probably half a year. In Ephesians, And uh, I just want you to make sure that you're getting a good, solid understanding of what's going on here. So I want to ask, what, what is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? I, I grew up in a fairly conservative church. Um, we were a conservative, traditional kind of church, a small West Texas church. I have... I had then and have now several friends who did not grow up in a conservative nor traditional church. <laughs> um, and the way we have perceived the Holy Spirit has been different between the way that they understand and understood the Holy Spirit, the way I understood growing up the Holy Spirit. You know, I've never really been a, an, an overly emotional guy. I just, I'm not. well, I think as I get older, that changes a little bit. Like I find, so I don't know if anybody, I'm a gadget guy. You know, I like gadgets. I like technology and the new um, iPhone update just came out. And so I was like first in line. Let's get this. Awesome. Well, you can, you can set it so that it changes your picture on your phone. You know, every, however often you set, how often it changes. And so it's so smart. Teresa was like, you, you're just all the way, have drank the Kool-Aid on this one. Um, it is so smart that it, it recognizes, it does facial recognition, right? So it goes through all of my pictures, like 50,000 pictures, whatever's in my phone. And it recognizes different faces. So I have told it, I want to see a, on a rotation faces of my family. And I saw a picture um, Man, I know they probably don't want me to talk about them so much, but uh, my oldest daughter, 15, um, I remember a commercial not too long ago where there was a dad and his little girl, there was this little girl sitting in the in the driver's seat of a car, and she was just talking away in her little three-year-old, four-year-old voice, and, and daddy, and I want to do this, and we're going to do this. And um, the camera pans away, and it comes back, and then she's a 16-year-old girl, and he's Teach, you know, he's like giving her some instruction. It's almost exactly what's happening to me right now. So my little three-year-old, four-year-old girl and a picture popped up with her with a sucker in her mouth and just a smiley face. And I almost started crying because I was like, she's about to be driving. I can't even imagine. I mean, um, not only is she aging, but it's like I'm, I'm mourning her loss, excited for her future. It's this weird, like being a parent is just, it's a strange thing. Uh, You know, they, you love them so much and then they break your heart and then you love them some more and then uh, this thing. But I don't know. So I've never been an overly emotional guy. I think that's changing as I get older, but. Um, sometimes when I talk to some of my friends who are a little more emotional or maybe have a different relationship with the Holy Spirit than I do, I have found myself feeling guilty or, or left out maybe is another way. Um, because, you know, they would cry about a move of the Spirit. And I would be like, I mean, the Spirit moved? That's a good thing. Like, I don't, I don't understand. You know, I never received the gift of prophecy. We never really even talked much about the gift of prophecy growing up, but it's a real thing. Um, I've never fallen out in the Spirit. It's, it's nothing that I've experienced. I, I've seen it happen, and I've been in services where it's happened. I've questioned its legitimacy, like a lot of other people. But I, I, I've never myself had that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it made me feel like lesser than. Because I didn't. I don't know if any of you have experienced this, these same kind of emotions. But so here's, here's why I'm telling you this. Because as I've matured in my faith, I've discovered that God has given His Spirit to all of us in different ways. He's not given it to me in the same way He's given it to you. Nor you in the same way He's given the Holy Spirit to me. It's not about prophecy that's not what it's about. It's not about falling out on the Spirit. It's not about love or joy or peace. It's really not about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I've given you the hook. Don't leave <laughs> until I finish because you're going to be like, this guy doesn't even believe in the Spirit. Not true, and we're going to get there. I believe that the Holy Spirit as taught by the Scripture, is given primarily to reveal Jesus Christ within us. That's what I believe. I believe the Holy Spirit's work within us is of vital importance because He is who reveals Jesus in us. All right, so let's let's get into why I think this or, or why I'm um, talking about this in this way. But if we go into verse 15, he starts off and he says, for this reason, for this reason. It's, it's important to, to pay attention to this. You know, um, last week we talked about Paul having almost the entirety of verse three through 14 is one sentence. Well, he says, for this reason, and then gives another similarly uh, worded sentence. It's, it's another very long sentence, almost to verse 23. For this reason, he's setting us up. He, he's joining two thoughts together His, the thought that he had in the first sentence to the thought that he now has in the second sentence. There's two thoughts together. Now, now just stay with me for just a minute. He says, For this reason. The reason he's referring to is what we talked about last week when we talked about being predestined or elected for salvation. Remember, we have all been chosen. He chose all of us to be His. We all have been chosen, predestined. Our destiny is to belong to Him. Now, we don't all choose Him, but we are destined for Him. But if we don't choose Him, we don't get Him. But since we have all been chosen for Him, He says, for this reason, I, I, wrote, I need to tell you this. I, I wrote down, is he Lord of all or not Lord at all? Right? That's Right? We've been chosen for him. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. So since we've been chosen, for this reason, and he goes on to give us the rest of what our scripture is today. For this reason, I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So, Once we choose Jesus, once we step into that faith that we have been destined for, the Spirit of God, this is like, just follow along with this. How awesome and important this is. The Spirit of God, His manifest presence is deposited into our lives and guarantees our inheritance. For this reason, since we have chosen him, since we have stepped into that, the manifest presence of God, his Holy Spirit is deposited into us, and that is how we are guaranteed our inheritance. Like, that's amazing. Like, I know when you listen to it again, you're going to be saying amen. Like, that's, that's a good thing. All right. So... The work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is within us. He he becomes both the internal and the external evidence of our salvation. Internally, he makes a significant change within us. There's an inward change that is lived out as an outward righteousness. He changes everything about you. He fills you with himself and enables you to be, to step into further the grace of God that we were just talking about recently. It's an amazing system that he has set up. He's trying to restore us back to what he originally created us for, which was an eternal life living with him in his presence. That's what he created us to be, who he wants us to be. And the way we get back there is by stepping into the destiny, the the thing that he has destined us for, and then his Holy Spirit has deposited his manifest presence into our spirit. I believe this is what he means by praying for the wisdom and revelation. You'll you'll catch that there. Um, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. He's asking the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So God our Father gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What does that even mean? Well, let's break it down a little bit. Revelation is is not just the last book of the Bible, right? We think about that when we think about Revelation. It is the mission of the Holy Spirit to reveal, Revelation, to reveal Jesus Christ. Even if you read Revelation 1 1, it says, The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. The book of Revelation is about revealing Jesus to the world. That's that's the intent of Revelation, to reveal Jesus to the world. And, And the spirit of wisdom, I read a definition of wisdom. It says, wisdom is the practical application of God's truth to a specific situation. The practical application of God's truth to a specific situation. You have a situation in your life, the Holy Spirit allows us to practically apply God's truth to that situation, right? That's wisdom. And and this is the first step towards salvation. We recognize that something's wrong and we apply the truth of God to that thing that is going on. It's the first step of salvation. And then that naturally flows into the spirit of revelation, right? Are you following with me? I told you there's some depth here that you're going to have to study yourself. Dig into this. The revealing work of the Holy Spirit within us leads to the truth. People know who you are and whose you are because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. They know it's an inward and an outward work. So when somebody gets saved, when somebody begins to pursue the Holy Spirit, when somebody steps into this kingdom of God that Jesus is inviting us into, when they do that, the Holy Spirit begins an inward change that results in an outward, an exterior change. If somebody says they've done it, but you see nothing different, then we need to question whether or not they've actually done it. Or maybe they did it and then they stopped. But it's a continual relationship with God. All right, so let me get back to the original conversation about the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit that I was talking about. Listen, I love a revival atmosphere. I love a revival atmosphere. The Holy Spirit's moving. People are worshiping expressively when they're full of the Spirit. Hands raised, just embracing it. I love a a revival atmosphere, which by the way, we have a revival, we're calling it a revival conference coming up. Jeremiah Bullock and Rob McCorkle are going to be with us in October. It's going to be a Friday night, Saturday morning, evening, and then Sunday morning. So we shortened it just a little bit and we're calling it a conference. It's going to be awesome. Like I would encourage you to be there because we are seeking God together. God, raise us up. God, lift us. God, uh, fill us with your spirit and there should be some expressive worship in that. I love that revival atmosphere. But we can never forget the core of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is to reveal Jesus Christ. All of the things the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit are designed to reveal Jesus. People see those things at work in your life and they say wow I want that. I want that. How can I have that? So we need to, we need to move forward here. Um, the next thing is, this is a two-point sermon. Like, we're, we're all over the place. I have point one. Here's point two. What are the consequences of having the Spirit? What are the con- In a positive way, right? The consequences. Something that happens to us. Verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope he has called you. The eyes of your heart. Obviously, our eyes don't, our hearts don't have eyes, right? I mean, that's obvious. He's, he's speaking in, in terms, he's trying to help us understand. The, the Greek word for heart is "cardia." I have that up here. It means inner self or inside or your mind. Your heart's eyes. Basically, he's praying for the Holy Spirit to open our inner selves' eyes first so we can see the final purpose of God's saving activity through Christ. God's final purpose. Open the eyes of our hearts so we can see in our mind's eye the final purpose of God's saving activity through Christ. this saving activity is is God's call. We've heard I have it in quotes in my notes even call. It's his invitation that's extended to through Christ to all people. Right? Cuz we've all been predestined, all of us, to be his people. He's invited everybody to accept his destiny that he has planned for them the the reconciliation the salvation to be adopted as children to become his he's saying that the eye of our heart sees those things and then we see others the way he sees them because we see that he wants for them to have a destiny in him. We see that. God. You know what God wants for you? You, you know everybody. I know his destiny for you. Will you choose to follow that? Will you step into that? I see it. I know what he wants for you. He wants you to be reconciled. He wants you to come to know him. He wants you to have this relationship with him. He wants us to see them with his eyes. How is it that God sees people? Not only will we be overwhelmed by what's happened in our life, but we can see the forgiveness and and. See others how he wants, how he sees them. My mentor taught me to pray long ago. God, help me to see people the way you see them. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. You know that person who really annoys you? What happens if all of a sudden you see them through Jesus' eyes? Not through yours. That person who either you have hurt deeply or has deeply hurt you? That person you just can't stand to be around? What happens when you see them through Jesus' eyes? How does that change the way you, do you see them with what God has predestined for them? It can change everything. And see, that is the outward work That people see because of the inward change. There's no way in myself I could look at that person who really annoys me and still see them the way that Jesus sees them without the work of the Holy Spirit. And then power. And we're going to wrap it up with this. Power. This is good. Verse 19. That power is like the working of his Well, let me go back to verse 9. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That power that brought Christ back from the dead and raised him and sat next to God on his right hand in the heavenly realms. That power, that resurrection power, that glorious power is available to you and to me. Like, I remember, um, I remember th- when Aladdin, the, the cartoon version, came out in the 90s. You guys remember that? And, and the genie, he says, all of this power in this little itty bitty lamp, right? It's like all of this is available in us. His incomparable, uh, Jesus-raising, Holy Spirit-giving power is available to you. And can you believe that? I was trying to think about something that related that power. And I I immediately thought of the Incredible Hulk. Everybody knows the Incredible Hulk. You know, like Hulk smash. Like he goes, and he's like the Holy Spirit, smash it. (laughs) Like take care of the thing. Fix this thing in my life. Think about something that's going on in your life that you need God to take care of. Holy Spirit, smash that thing. Take care of that thing for me. Remove it from me. Help me with it. Let God's resurrection power lift you out of that mess and back to him. This power is far above every ruler, every authority, every power, every dominion. Any title that can be given, any trial that may come your way, not only in this age, it says, but in the age to come. Not only here, but also in his kingdom. And this is, it's not an emotional power. It's a power that stays with you forever and gives you freedom. I think of of William Wallace. You guys remember that movie, Braveheart? They can take everything from us, but they can't take our freedom. That's, that's what he's given you now. They will never take your freedom. I think too many people live their Christian lives like they're on a work release program from jail. Right? We, we spend our days in a drudgery and then we go back to prison at night <laughs> because we just won't be set free. We just don't allow it to happen. That's not what Jesus did for us. He's given us the Holy Spirit so we can experience a freedom unlike anything that has ever been experienced. And Paul, you know, Paul was writing this. They believe he was in prison when he was writing this letter. Freedom has nothing to do with the state of your body and everything to do with your spiritual well being. Because we know, and Paul talks about this, that this body, this place, this is temporary. We will all step from this age into the age to come. It's going to happen for everybody. How are you stepping into that age? Are you stepping into that age having followed his destiny for your life? Having embraced the freedom that he has for you? The power that's available to you? Have you done that? Or are you limping into it like a work release program because we just can't step all the way out of prison and embrace the freedom. The work of the Spirit in us is not about the gifts or the fruits or the demonstrations. It's not what it's about. The work of the Spirit is about revealing Jesus Christ in your life so that other peoples may know him. That's it. So the question we need to ask ourselves today, a little bit of self-reflection. When people see you, do they see Jesus? (laughs) When they see you, do they see Jesus? Is he being revealed in your life? If not, we need to ask some more serious questions and spend some more time with him. You guys, let's stand. We're going to Sing a song, and I love what we're about to sing. We'll spend a little bit of time in prayer here, but we've been talking about our destiny in you, God. We don't talk about destiny in the church very often because I think it, carry, it, it there's some wrong ways of thinking about it. We know that you have chosen us, that our destiny is to belong to you. Help us to step into that. Help us to live into the power that you have given us. Help us to really be set free. We have an assurance of faith that only comes because of the way we have lived with you, Holy Spirit, in our lives. And that's what we're about to, we're about to sing that song. So help us all to to lean into this. The blessed assurance, oh, blessed assurance that we have because we belong to you. My prayer this morning is that every person who's here would have the assurance of faith that they have allowed the Holy Spirit to change their lives so that Jesus Christ, you are revealed in us. And out of that, we will see miracles because Holy Spirit, that's what you do. Out of that, the fruits of the Spirit will be act of love and joy and peace. People will see those things from us, but it's not because of us, it's because of you. And it's the outward change that happens because of the inward change. So this morning I ask, give us that assurance Help us to step confidently into that. I pray this in Jesus' name.